Hello and welcome to Sustainable, a simple podcast about complex topics with me, your host, Thomas Empson. Understanding what we can do for the future can feel overwhelming. So this podcast is here to help you understand what you can do on the daily and how you can strive to make bigger ripples. I'll be speaking with influential folk working in design and engineering, the circular economy and environmental impact. Our aim is to reduce the jargon, reuse the inspiration and recycle the sense. So listen in as I ask the experts, are we sustain able? Hello everybody and welcome to the latest instalment of Sustain Able with me your host Thomas Empson. Um, based on a lot of the feedback that I've been getting on the previous podcast a lot of people have been asking me what it's like to do a PhD to be doing a doctoral research so I wanted to invite along Professor Shushma Patel who is the Director of Education and Student Experience at London South Bank University but who is also my Director of Studies um, so who I've been working with over the last year and will continue to until the end of my PhD. So Shushma, firstly, thank you for coming along today, giving up your time. Um, what we're going to do is, if you can introduce yourself first, so just let us know what your role here is at London South Bank University um, and then maybe tell us how you got, got to being in that post. Okay, thank you Thomas and thank you for inviting me. Um, I've been at London South Bank University for 25 years. It's been um, a really exciting and interesting journey yeah. so far. I started uh, as a postdoc research fellow, set up a centre, well, established it better um, in, at a time when information systems was a discipline established in its own right. Mm -hmm. And I supported doctoral students, developed training program, um, developed the capacity for doctoral supervision at that time. Yeah. And so that's how I started. So I've always, um, during my time at the university, supervised doctoral students. Mm -hmm. I've had a varied uh, career. So at that time in the School of Computing, then went into the School of Business and now in the School of Engineering. Uh, my role at the moment, Director of Education and Student Experience, so it's about managing the student experience and the academic aspects of all students, but I still continue to supervise doctoral students, which I think is really important for me yep. as a researcher, mm -hmm. and uh, I enjoy it. I like to engage with the students, like to think about, the ha understand how they are developing, but also how their research is developing in new and exciting areas. Brilliant. And I mean, you've obviously been a really big influence on my PhD journey. Um, I'm very lucky to work with yourself and Professor um, Shannon Chance, who was unable to make it um, here today for this podcast. Um, can you tell people, so the questions have been around, you know, what is it to do? What is it like to do a PhD? What's the preparation that you should be doing? What, what can people expect from the journey if they're thinking about applying to do a PhD so can you just give us a little bit of a an overview of what it you know what it really entails to be doing a, a doctoral research project okay um, it's different for everyone so there is no single journey for yeah. um, everyone and um, everyone's journey is going to be different my background actually was in medical sciences so before mm -hmm. I joined here I did a, um, a PhD in dermatology used a lot of data yep. and um, that's what enabled me to um, 
joined the School of Computing at that time because I did a lot of data and analytics. Mm -hmm. My journey is different from everybody else's and I expect that your journey will be different even from your colleagues and your peers, yeah. even if you're doing the research in the same area because your topic is going to be that tiny little area yep. where you will develop the expertise and you as an individual will forge that journey um, for yourself. You'll have to overcome the obstacles. You'll have to. You're. I always think a PhD is. Um, you're on a journey, and it's a river. Yep. And you meander, so you kind of, you know, there's not a straight path. You'll come across um, areas that you need to develop, overcome those. You'll come across um, blockages. Yeah. Blockages in the sense that you know you can't get your data. You need to do this. You need to do that. Or what you planned. Mm. three years ago isn't going to be what you're actually going to be doing when it comes to that stage so it's going to be personal and individual um yeah and fulfilling i hope yeah no no i think that as well what you're saying there is one thing that i'm realizing is the emotional side of it that comes so i don't necessarily think that in all the books that you read around what a phd is going to be like anything prepares you for the sort of the highs and lows yeah. you you come in one morning thinking that you're Einstein and you've had an amazing idea and the world needs to hear about it yeah. and then you kind of go in sort of a lull of you know you spent so long in your own head and just kind of mulling through ideas that you can kind of lose hope and sight of stuff so um and I guess that that's a key role that you've also played within my PhD journey is that either a reality check <laughs> I hope so <laughs> yeah um or just you know that advice of yes it is it is a long journey and I don't necessarily know if, if people what, what advice would you give for people thinking about setting out and that three-year commitment if not longer if you're you know it's three years if you're doing it yeah if you're doing it full-time you know what, what's almost like the best tip that you would say to people put them off the journey first and foremost <laughs> <laughs> yep. anyone who comes to me and says I want to do a PhD um, I would say to them here are the pitfalls yeah it's lonely Mm -hmm. uh, because it's your research yep. it's your individual research you may be working within a group and you've got the support systems in place mm -hmm. but it's you know the ultimate qualification you can study for um, and so it's your journey and it's a lonely journey when you've got your personal situations your professional situations and then your study which is your PhD um, and then you know you've got to manage all of that yeah and because it's over a three-year period it's not like any other quali qualification that you've studied for which is staged mm -hmm. you've got um you know key points to deliver f for deliverables throughout that time and they're quite sh um, short time scales those yeah. deliverables those milestones whereas in a phd it's you over a longer period of time the end goal is m at least three years down the road yep. and i've only had one student mm -hmm. who has completed his doctoral um, doctorate within a three-year period of one full-time student so it quite often um, it goes exceeds, over. Yeah. yeah 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 so I would say are you sure <laughs> yeah are you committed yeah and when everything is against you your PhD will still be there so you have to have the self-motivation it should be a topic that you're passionate about because if you're not passionate about it you're not going to want to do it yeah and then when everything's against you I'll be there on your back saying come on this needed to be done yesterday where yeah. is it or I need this and I need it yesterday so 
it's managing that and understanding that it's a it's a huge commitment yeah but actually as you was just talking there it did make me think a phd is like a relationship yeah, <laughs> definitely. You, you, and you fall out with it at times and then you have to make up with it but yeah there's there is yeah. it's such a personal part of you it, yeah it's like a, a long-term relationship mm -hmm. that you've got to be committed to for absolutely. three plus years absolutely yeah <laughs> um, and quite often you know um students do drop out yeah because it is it is challenging but it's being aware that those challenges are there so coming in you know rose-tinted glasses I've, I'm going to do a PhD is fine yeah but you un need to understand that it's going to be hard mm -hmm. and it's going to be tough and you need to be able to be motivated yourself you yep. need that self-motivation nobody else can do it for you absolutely such wise words brilliant now if we get down into the sort of nitty-gritty of doing a PhD I wanted to ask you a few sort of general questions um so firstly what would you say to someone what does it mean so sort of what does a doctor doctorate mean it means that you are acquiring skills you're doing the highest qualification that you could study for arguably mm -hmm. um, you're becoming the expert in that area yeah there will be a stage when you are the expert um, in that area your supervisory team are there to guide and support you they can give you um, the benefit of their expertise at the start but at the end of the journey you will be the expert in that tiny little field because um, you're not going to solve everything yeah you come into a doctorate with this idea that you know I'm going to solve the world's problem. So, so true. Yep. You're not. Yeah. You're looking at a tiny aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And um, you're going to make a contribution in that area because if you don't, you don't get your PhD. Yeah. It's developing the expertise in that area. So you are the expert in that area. The yeah. skills that you developed over a period of time, that's the journey, I think. And those are the most important. So for me, going from one discipline into another was based on the the skills that I developed over yep. that period of time. They are skills that you can transfer. You, you're able to scope a problem, identify a solution, implement it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's really important. So if you can develop the skills looking outside of your research area, but more broadly and how you can contribute to other areas, I think that's uh, fantastic. Yeah. Personal gain, of course. Yeah. You don't do it because, you know, not just for the title. Mm-hmm. If you're doing it just for the title, probably not going to succeed because you're not passionate about what you're doing. Yeah. But there is that personal gain. Yeah. You know, pat yourself on the back. You've done it, and it's a it's an achievement. Absolutely. And there always used to be that rumor that once you got the PhD <laughs> title, you got upgraded on flights if there was a spare seat, and that's an absolute <laughs> myth. I've been told. Don't hold your <laughs> breath. I've never been upgraded. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, I mean, you talked there about what it what it means to be doing a doctorate. Can you talk about the journey to becoming a professional researcher? Because I know they're similar, but they are slightly different. I think that starts with your PhD, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and at the end, you're um, a little way into the journey. You're not right at the beginning, but you're not at the, you're, you know, you're moving towards um, becoming a professional researcher. You're mm. properly on that journey. It's about the experience that you have. It's about the expertise and the breadth of knowledge that you can um, contribute to. You're standing in your community, in your subject area, not just locally, but um, internationally, and that's very important. Mm -hmm. The recognition and the contribution that you can make in those areas. So really, that's it. So it's about 
um, and it's your academic contribution as a as a as a researcher. Yeah. Um, and that's really really important. And you know that when you are recognised within your field, um, invitations mm -hmm. to present keynotes at um, academic at leading academic conferences in your discipline. Yeah. Invitations to participate in um, work, mm -hmm. joint publications, etc. So I think um, that's that's the journey, and you, you're always on that journey. Yeah, it's not you know you, you don't become a professional researcher and that's the end of it. You're always on that journey. As a proper researcher, you're always on the journey. You're yep. always looking to do more. Yep, you've always got to be at the forefront of. of, of new knowledge yeah yep, that's right and making yep. that contribution so brilliant and then just on a, on a side note i mean I, you've said that obviously you've taught a lot of or seen a lot of doctoral students through their their journey once but doing a phd used to be much more about just going straight into academia and being at the forefront of knowledge where where have your previous students gone on not necessarily the companies but what type of roles have they gone into to mm. to be doing now that's really interesting. So my one student who finished uh, within three years, uh, he he works in industry. Yeah. Um, I've got another student who's in industry. So, you know, leading um, high tech companies. Yeah. Um, some have gone on, stayed in academia. I've mm -hmm. got three who are uh, professors. Right. Which okay. is really good. Yep. One who's uh, another professor in Canada, very, very eminent in his field, mm -hmm. establishing new areas of uh, work. And um, others seen, you know, in academia or in industry making a contribution. You don't just make a contribution in academia. Yeah. It's in industry as well. So wherever, it's in whichever field you're working or extending the knowledge that you have yep. um, and applying that knowledge and expertise, really. Brilliant. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about sort of the 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 characteristic that you need, um, or you know how to how to do research, how to be disciplined? Have you got any Have you got any advice? How to be disciplined? <laughs> yeah, maybe that's just for me personally. <laughs> um, I think. The discipline has to come from within yourself mm -hmm. and possibly your supervisory team saying to you, you know, cracking that whip and getting on with it, um, get it making sure that you don't lose focus. That's really, really important. Mm -hmm. And understanding that you're not going to solve everything. Um, the contribution you make is not going to be huge. I mean, I, if you take Einstein, mm. huge contribution. Yeah. Um, but that was conceptual. Mm hmm. Yeah, research these days is not going to be like that. I don't think it's going to be. And it was over a period of time. Yeah. I think for um, doctoral students, it's tiny. I say that you nudge, nudge. Your contribution is a nudge. It's a nanometer nudge. It's just a yeah. tiny bit in this huge field that you're studying. Um, what are the, what, what is it? Yeah, the characteristics or the, uh, what is it that, sort of is, is common within researchers or good management skills yeah managing your time mm -hmm. managing your data really important whether it's quantitative or qualitative mm -hmm. understanding your methodology mm -hmm. understanding what you're going to do and um, keeping good records that's really really important 
try and document as much as you can try and write up as much as you can mm -hmm. um, there's nothing worse than that blank page when you have to write so you know um, you shouldn't wait until you've when, until you're halfway through that journey or towards the end when you've done your data analysis yeah. it should be document right all the way throughout because it'll be useful to you mm -hmm. um, you're not faced with that blank sheet and uh, you can always cut down, yeah. refocus, yeah. expand, rather than where do I start? And that's the most daunting for any writer. Yeah. That's the most daunting, you know, that blank page, what do I start with? So however it comes out, write, yeah. and then it's edit, edit, edit. You yeah. know, it's not, it's written once and you're going to edit it once. It's going to take many, many iterations, but also distance. Mm -hmm. If we're talking about a PhD, your end goal is to have a thesis and a decent viva. Mm -hmm. It's about making sure that once you've finished your final version or your final draft, give give it a week. Don't do anything with it, but go back. Yeah. Because then you will see all the things. Otherwise, you're so engrossed in it, you become bored. And yeah. You really do become bored with reading it. Yeah. Because it's you know edit and revise. So it's give yourself time and space to walk away from it for a short period of time, not yet, you know, months or yeah. years, but a week or so, and then go back and do your final edit. Um, and then prepare for your Viva. And your Viva really should be a good discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You never stop reading about the topic until you're, you know, until the day of your Viva, your review of the literature never ends until that and probably goes on beyond if you're going to pursue a career in that particular yeah. area. But the Viva should be not just about what's written, mm -hmm. but it's also a discussion exploring other aspects which your exa examiners are interested in. And just can you elaborate on that Viva, that day of reckoning? Because I know that you've got one to tomorrow um, when we were trying to nail down a date mm -hmm. for, for meeting up. So what what does that look like, the, that, that day of reckoning, if you're, <laughs> if you're going to get the stamp of <laughs> approval or, or not, just to, to shed a bit of light yeah, to our listeners? It shouldn't be the day of reckoning. <laughs> it should be perceived as positive. <coughs> You're the expert in this area. You've done mm -hmm. the work. Um, and the examining team um, are familiar with that subject yep. area, mm -hmm. may be experts in that area. But in that particular topic, in that area that you've done the research, you're the expert. So I would view it, I would suggest that any student, and this is what I say to all my students, anyone who goes in for a viva, think about it positively. Yeah. Think about it as a discourse, mm -hmm. a discussion about your research, exploring other areas. If you've done your work properly, mm -hmm. and you wouldn't be at a viva stage if you hadn't, yeah. unless you decided to take, not to take the advice of your supervisory team, mm -hmm. is um, look at it. It's your data. Yep. You've collected it. Mm -hmm. You've as long as you've um, you've been rigorous in your research approach. Mm -hmm. Your data is valid. It's robust. The inferences that you draw from that data mm -hmm. and what's already out there in the literature is really important. There are three voices in your thesis. Yeah. Your data. Yep. Uh, What's out there in the pub, you know, public domain, the publications, yeah. the academic, maybe some industry ones as well, and your the, the conclusions you draw from it, yeah? yeah. So the data voice, the research voice, which is the publication in your voice, and your examiners can disagree, yeah, 
But as long as you can justify it and your data tells you that and you can explain why you disagree or, you know, yeah. your justification, that's fine. It's when you cannot justify it and yeah. you cannot qualify it, then there are, you know, potentially areas that cause problems. I think that's a really nice visual um, synopsis of you've got these three voices because I often feel... I could be going insane because I have these three voices in my head <laughs> <laughs> continuously arguing. But yeah, I think that that's what you, you're you're trying to remember. What it is that you found, what what it is that's out there that you've understood from what's out there, and then so what from from merging these two together? What new knowledge does that contribute? And I think that that yeah, just saying so that three voices. So going back to your first question, sorry, mm. um, to speak over you. Going back no. to your first question, it's that um, critical thinking yeah. yeah that evaluation don't just take everything that you read or hear for granted yeah evaluate it critically um but with justification perfect um we're, we're almost coming to the end of this podcast and it's been brilliant um there was just a couple of things that you mentioned and i think that you know that whole the three year and this is one thing just reflecting on what you've been saying the one thing that i've often struggle struggle with is I've always my whole background's marketing and communications and I'm really used to a fast paced do that within the day write a press release within a day you know develop a website within a couple of weeks and I think it's one of the toughest things that I've found is my deadline is in three years time and therefore you know that's just such an incomprehensible deadline so how do you kind of keep that fast track and that fast pace um yeah i think that's just something that i'm discovering on the journey that you've just got to keep on on top of it set yourself mini deadlines it's, that's why it's really important i think that we we meet once a fortnight if yes. or, or once a month depending on if you know if there's things going on but that's the kind of the pressure on your back that means that you know once a fortnight you're turning up with something new to discuss that allows your supervisor your director of studies to know what you've been learning what you know what, what that what the research looks like for the last couple of weeks so that you're on track and that you're writing that up and you're right the blank page is 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 such a tough thing I, I doodle until the words come to me um so yeah just to because obviously this is part of a whole series which is called sustain able um and a lot of the research that i've doing been doing within my phd doctoral research we discussed that so i just want to flip to the concept of sustainable and ask yourself Shishma um, do you think that humanity can sustain our current way of life oh that's a huge question it is <laughs> not not with what's happening at the moment I think that um, for our comfort we want everything and we want it yesterday mm -hmm. we want everything to be very quick very efficient um traveling for example i mean the world is a small village you know it's an overused cliche but it is mm -hmm. um i hear of my mother talking about oh traveling was on an old steamer it took weeks and weeks and weeks would we want to do that in this day and age we no. want it all you know very mm -hmm. quickly very rapidly and we want the convenience as well so I think we're probably not um, we're heading for disaster if we're not already in that disaster and you just need to look at the media to see what's happening yeah to the planet um, so yes we're greedy 
We're greedy animals, unfortunately. And then what do you feel the engineering community can do to help turn that around, to address that, that, that conundrum that we're in? More mm -hmm. and everything. Mm -hmm. I think that engineering provides um, solutions to some of our huge societal challenges mm -hmm. and it will continue, has always done and will continue to do so. But I think that we need to look at everything that's happening around us. Um, engineers need to look at everything and look at it through a sustainability lens. There's mm -hmm. no way out. I mean, yesterday I was reading the paper and um, the only female giant soft-shell turtle mm -hmm. in China, one of four, died. So that's the end of that species because wow. there's no way that they, you know, you're going yeah. to be able to get any more. The only female. That's a huge loss and that's happening in our time. So we talk about dinosaurs becoming extinct. We mm -hmm. never knew them, but we so many so much more is happening in um in, you know, our lifetimes mm. that I think it's Im really really important because we're depleting all our resources. So then what hope is there for future generations? So everything that we should everything we do um should be through the impact we have. Um, yeah. On on our world. Such wise words, and I mean that's the whole reason behind my PhD. We need the we need engineers to be much more innovative, much more creative to kind of work our way out of this and find sustainable solutions. So I'm going to end the podcast by saying thank you so much for giving up your time today, Shushma. I know you're an exceptionally busy lady, um, and yeah, it's just it's been an honour for you to come and. and be part of the podcast sustainable journey um in terms of if you want to connect with shushma uh linkedin is the right yeah. one professor shushma patel um on linkedin um and yeah i hope you've enjoyed this podcast please leave comments um on the website and on the um on the caption area below um and then yeah stay tuned for the next installment very soon Thanks for listening to Sustainable with me, your host, Thomas Empson. This is an independent podcast, so the views are my own, and who I choose to interview is a live account of my doctoral research journey. If you like what you heard, follow us on social, check out my website, or leave a review below.